what a powerful word from God that hope does not disappoint us. You know, I'm often disappointed in myself. I'm disappointed in other people. I'm disappointed in my plans and projects. Disappointed in my circumstances. But I have never been disappointed in God. Pastor Payhill and his congregation of believers were worshiping together when the first earthquake struck the country of Nepal one year ago, April 25th. The frightened believers huddled together inside their simple church building, which was made of tin sheets and wood. Even non-believers ran inside the doors of their church hoping to find safety. And Pastor Payhill encouraged people to pray as they waited for the chaos to end. Eventually it did, but not without overwhelming loss all around them. Many in Pastor Pale's village lived in fear after the first earthquake subsided. Rumors spread among them that the world was coming to an end and that another earthquake would finish the job. And Payhill encouraged the people with scripture verses, such as ones in Matthew 24, that talk about the end times. He wanted to calm their anxieties. He said, the earthquake is just the sign of the last days. It is not the last days. <laughs> and he assured them of God's goodness and that he is the protector of his people. And eventually, the aftershocks died down. And as people moved back to their villages, tried to pick up the pieces of their lives, the pastor and his congregation reached out to their neighbors through prayer and encouragement and physical help. Compassion services teams were able to provide relief, administer food, shelter, other items to earthquake victims. And Pastor Pale and the believers did what they could. Though the earthquake's destruction was catastrophic, Pastor Pale has an optimistic outlook on the situation. He's seen the people in his village respond to God's love in the midst of their trial and tragedy and through the believers' tangible example of God's love six villagers have now decided to follow the Lord. The villagers' attitude towards Christians, he said, has been totally changed since the earthquake. Now they look at us positively. Now when I was reading this article from Gospel for Asia's email, I saw that it was titled, Courage When the Ground Shakes. And I thought, isn't that a good definition for hope? Courage when the ground shakes. Whether it's a real earthquake or maybe an earthquake of problems, we all, all know what it's like to suddenly have more than we can handle. Not just problems, but the kind of problems that result in discouragement, disillusionment, even, even depression. And when that happens, we need some hope to hold on to, don't we? And Jesus is that kind of hope. He is hope eternal, hope everlasting, hope unshakable. We need hope to cope. We need hope to live. And I wonder this morning, is there anybody that would raise your hand to admit, I need some hope in my life. I need hope that things are going to improve, that things are going to get better. Well, if you do, I've got some good news for you. A good word from God himself. Built into each of us is this need for hope. Hope keeps us going. If for some reason we lose hope, we may well despair of life itself. Dr. Emil Bruner 
said, What oxygen is for the lungs, such is hope for the meaning of human life. You take oxygen away and death occurs through suffocation. Take hope away and human life is constricted through lack of breath, despair, and, and hopelessness set in. Once you look at the screen for a moment, you see a picture here, a picture of an anchor. Now why did I put an anchor on the screen this morning? Because our text today comes from Hebrews 6, 19 and 20. Our key verses for today's lesson on hope. And this is what Hebrews 6, 19 and 20 says. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. Now what does an anchor do? Have you ever done any boating? You know an anchor is a very important piece of equipment on that boat. Because that anchor holds us fast when the currents are swirling around us. This is the same way for life because there are currents in life. It even holds fast when the tide is changing and, and we fear being swept out to sea. An anchor holds us steady. An anchor keeps us secure. And what is this hope? Who is this hope that we put our hope in? Well, it's obvious when you read the book of Hebrews that hope is Jesus. The whole book is about him. It talks about all the past, all of the different ways that God has spoken. It talks about all the different heroes of faith. But it keeps lifting up Jesus as a supreme example of faith. And the one in whom we put our faith. The one in whom we put our hope. Jesus is the anchor. And he's the one in whom we put our trust. Our Christian uh, the Christian hope is rooted in our belief and trust in Jesus. Through Jesus, we believe and trust in a personal God. A God who cares about each one of us personally. We've talked about that in this Believe series. That God has reached down to every one of us and wants to be invested in our lives. He is involved. He is participating. He is concerned. He is guiding. He is trying to draw us to himself. He is personal. And we believe through Jesus in his salvation that he has given through His Son, Jesus Christ. He has provided salvation from our sins. We believe in that. We trust in that. We hope in that. And we believe and trust in His promise of eternity with God, no matter what else may happen here on earth. Even if everything goes south in our lives, we still have our hope for eternity in Jesus Christ. Now, unfortunately, a lot of people put their hope in the wrong things. A lot of people misplace their hope. They foolishly put their hope in, in unhealthy things, unsatisfying things, things that could never really come through. So they, they, in this false hope, they build, they plan, they risk their lives for things that won't pan out, things that just can't happen. A lot of false hope is being put out there today. And we read about four of the false hopes this week in our Believe book. We read about riches. Probably that's the number one thing for Americans today to put their hope in this. Because the world is promising us that if we get enough money, if we can get enough things, then we're going to feel safe and secure. The idea is that if you get rich enough, you kind of provide your own hope for the future. You have that security blanket for your future. But it's a false hope because it can be swept away so easily and it certainly doesn't pan out that it provides you that security that you really long for. 
Some people put their hope in other people. They place their hope in another being, who, uh, a human being who promises to, to keep them safe. The problem is, no human being can really guarantee that. We say that all the time to each other. You know, I'll, I'll watch out for you. I'll protect you. I'll, I'll, I'll be there for you. And you really can't 100% keep that promise, can you? But some people are, are needy enough for hope that they'll say, okay, I'll trust you for that, this other person. Some people put their hope in idols. Uh, if you've traveled to other countries, you've seen actual idols, you know, of, of, of wood or stone or metal that somebody has actually built, but now they're bowing down to and they're putting into that idol their, their idea of safety and security and, and success. You know, we're going we're gonna to be better uh, and, and, and have more because of this idol that I fall down to. And some people who worship those who under, may understand is kind of uh, ignorant or not as well informed. And don't we, however, just as easily put our faith in other idols? Things like success or power or maybe some celebrity or, or somebody that seems to have it all together and, and we're, we're trusting these idols to somehow fulfill our need for hope. Some people put their hope in human government. Some people depend on the government to provide hope for their lives. You know, the security of my life is because there is a government that is watching out for me. Barack Obama, our president, convinced enough Americans to put their hope in him uh, to get himself elected two times now. It ran on hope because people needed hope so desperately they trusted the government to provide that. Well, given our current political climate, uh, is anyone really hopeful right now? <laughs> is anybody really putting their hope in a government leader or in a politician? I'm not. I'm hoping that some other candidate will suddenly surface because I don't like any of the candidates out there. And if you feel that way, then you understand this is a false hope to think the government is going to fix things for you. The government is going to provide security for you. Well, you could put a lot of different things for the false hope that someone may build their life around. But the only true hope, the only sure hope, is Jesus. And when we foolishly trust in the wrong things, the only thing we're going to get is disappointment and futility. As the authors of the, Bio, the Believe book said, true hope is found only in God. Hope is only as good as the power and the character of the one who guarantees it. I really believe that. Who is it that is giving you hope? Who is it that is promising you certain things. And who is it that can deliver those promises? Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our rock. He is our foundation. Jesus has the power and character to deliver what he has promised. And so Jesus is our anchor who holds us fast in the storms of life when uncertain, shifting waves and currents are all around us. What's more, the Word of God says that we have a living hope through Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter 1, 3-9, we read these words. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. What an inheritance that must be. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, Peter says, who through faith 
are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And all uh, in all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. He was writing to people that were suffering. These, he said, have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you've not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end of your faith, the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Jesus has given us a living hope because he is a living person in whom we put that hope. And it is a hope that remains alive because it is in the living being, not in something. He is in fact the embodiment of hope. And Peter tells us the confidence we can place in him comes from the fact that he rose from the grave. He has proven that death can't hold him. Even our greatest enemy can't hold Jesus. And that fact gives us confidence that no problem on earth is bigger than what Jesus can handle. <laughs> There's nothing that you can face, nothing that I could face, no circumstance, no situation, no uh, struggle that is too big for the one in whom we have placed our hope. No matter how difficult life may become, we have Jesus and we have his promises and no one can take Jesus and his promises away from us. You know, one week ago, we were at the memorial service for Andy Nemeth, Frank and Cindy Smith's son-in-law. week before that, Andy had died at just 35 years old in a tragic motorcycle accident. He left behind a devoted wife, Melissa, and their five-year-old son, A.J. And at his funeral, his pastor, Pastor DeCourcy, read from 1 Thessalonians 4, 13-18. Listen to what God's Word says to people like Melissa and to Frank and to Cindy who have recently lost loved ones to death. Listen to what the Word of God says. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. According to the Lord's Word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive, and left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now, I just want to point out three things that Paul says that really tie into a theme of hope today. And they were the words that were emphasized for these people who had just lost a dearly loved part of their family, a member of their family. Do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. You have no hope. What a crushing experience that is. To go through the loss of a family member. But the grief is changed. 
changed remarkably, magnificently for someone who knows this is not the end. This is not all that's going to happen here. Andy is gone, but that's not the end of the story. Secondly, Paul says, we will be with the Lord forever. That's the confidence. That's the awareness. That's the truth. That all of us who believe in Christ, who have received what he's offering us by his grace, will be with him forever. And thirdly, then, Paul says, therefore encourage one another with these words. For some people, hope is just wishful thinking. They hope something good will happen to them. They, they really have no confidence that it will, but by golly, I'm going to hope for that. A Christian's hope, however, is built on Jesus the Lord of this universe who actually makes good on his promises and he makes good every single time. You cannot point out a time for us this morning that says Jesus said this and he just didn't do that. He didn't follow through. He didn't keep that one. He forgot that one. He, he conveniently forgot what he had said way back when. Now you cannot point out a single instance of that in this one in whom we put our trust and our hope. He was with Andy Nemeth even when he passed from this life into eternity. And he's going to be with Melissa every day as she rebuilds her life in AJ's without Andy's presence and help. It's going to be a struggle. It's going to be difficult from day to day just because of the changes that happen physically and emotionally for her life. But God will never abandon her. And Jesus will be with her all the way through until they are reunited one day. If your life is like mine, you've gone through many ups and downs. You've had times when life is really good and things seem to be going along pretty easy. But you've also had times when life got really, really hard. When life got so difficult, so challenging, that you started wondering, am I going to make it? Am I going to get through this? Right? Anybody had that? You know, life is just not 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 a piece of cake. It's it's not uh, you know just everything nice and easy, just coasting downhill. But as you go through that, you have probably found, like I have, that Jesus is true to His word, true to His promises. He's never failed me. I I can't remember a time when He left me. I can't remember a time when, when I thought, Lord, where are you? Well, you know, uh, even though I waited, even though the timing wasn't what I hoped for, things didn't maybe miraculously change, I never felt abandoned. And I never felt that he turned his back on me. And I always saw in time what he was doing, what he was up to, what he was accomplishing. That even though my circumstances didn't change every time, that he was faithful to his promises and even brought good out of some of the worst things that I've ever gone through in this life. I want to share with you this morning then three simple things that hope in Christ does. First of all, hope in Christ gives us a different place to look. On a day-to-day -day basis, we have little choice but to stay focused on the physical world we live in. We have bills that need to be paid. We have problems that are waiting to be solved. We have people who are demanding our attention, especially if their little ones around. And, you know, they're, they're de very demanding. And it's very time-consuming. And, and it, it absorbs our focus 
to deal with these things of life, the physical realities of life. We can get so wrapped up in our physical life, so looking down on these things, we forget to look up. But looking up is so critical, so important. We forget to look up where Jesus is. And and so that's why the psalmist says, why are you so downcast, O my soul? Well, downcast means you're not looking up. You're just absorbed in your problems. You're just looking into the the struggle, the battle of the daily existence. But there's a, a real need to look up and to see that there's something more here than maybe what we observe in the day-to-day life that we live. Having a hope for the future, for instance, where God already resides, where God is already in control, encourages us to get through now. Encourages us to fix our eyes on Jesus, not on the world around us. Listen to what the Word of God says in Hebrews 12, 1-3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that it hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Considered him who, who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He's the one who begins and ends all things. He's worthy of our hope. Jesus is worthy of our hope because he went through the worst that anyone has ever gone through. Anything uh, that anyone could do to us was done to him. And he overcame. He overcame death itself because he has power none of us has. He endured the cross, Hebrews 12 says, for the joy that he was looking at. Even Jesus looked somewhere else than his circumstances. He saw the joy of bringing salvation to the whole world, to all of us. And for that joy, he endured the cross in the same way. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, we can go through the most difficult circumstances imaginable and come through them safely on the other side. For the Christian, the best is yet to come. And when we have hope in Christ, we have a different place to look if we'll just do it, if we'll just raise our eyes and look on Jesus, fix our eyes on Him. That will change everything. Secondly, I want you to know that our hope in Christ gives us a different way to think. It changes the way we think. Our mind can be our greatest enemy or our strongest ally. If our mind is focused on our doubts and our worries or maybe on our suspicions and our fears, it can be our greatest enemy. It just plays against us all the time. It just keeps us rolling around in all of that junk. But if our mind is focused on Jesus and what He can do in our circumstances, then our mind becomes our strongest ally. It's what brings us out. As you think, so you become. As you think, so you do. And what we think determines what we will do and what we will become. Focusing on hope for today, hope for our future, hope into eternity creates a positive, optimistic, glass-half-full kind of mindset or attitude. It helps us to see it's not just about me. It's not just about today. It's not just about circumstances I have no control over. It's about 
God I serve. And it's about what he may do in this situation. This is so different than the way people without hope live. They replay their problems in their minds. They wear themselves out with worry. Their fears easily get the best of them because their mind is focused on all of that that is going wrong. Many people end up discouraged. Many people end up depressed. And if you wonder uh, how they do that, you know, it's because they really have nothing to hope for, nothing to hold on to. And so they may resort to numbing their minds with alcohol or drugs just to get a temporary break. But our hope in Christ gives us a different, a much better way to think. And in this culture where everything is kind of spiraling out of control or spiraling downward or however you want to picture it, the person with an attitude of hope and, and determination and resolve and, and strength that gets from God uh, not only is a healthier person themselves, but they're a light in the darkness. And others are ended up being drawn to Christ by their very being. Apostle Paul described this different way of thinking in Colossians 3, 1 through 4. He said, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Paul is saying, the fact is, you have already been raised with Christ. So don't keep living down here like everyone else is. You have changed. God has changed your life. Remember that. Think about that. Set your hearts on things above. Set your minds on things above. Not on your earthly reality. No matter how difficult your life may get, this is not the end of the story for you, for me. You are a redeemed child of God, destined for heaven and greater things God has in store for you. So don't forget that. Our hope in Christ gives us a different way to think. We just have to remember what he has done and what he is doing. Thirdly, our hope in Christ gives us a different life to live. We all desperately want to enjoy life. We want to feel contentment at the end of the day. We want to live in the hope of a good day today and a brighter hope tomorrow. But for people caught up in this world, this is often not the case. Their lives seem pointless, seem meaningless, seem hopeless. But our new life in Christ gives us not only a different way to live, it's a far better way to live. When our focus is changed... And when our thinking is changed, then our very lives can be changed by the power of Christ. I'm reminded of that passage in 1 Timothy 6 where Paul told Timothy what to tell the people in his congregation about how you're supposed to live. Let's look at 1 Timothy 6:17 together. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way they will lay up treasure for themselves and a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Do you see what the Word of God is saying here about the life we're supposed to live here on earth? Do not be arrogant. Do not put your hope in wealth. 
Don't put your hope in money, material things. It's not going to pan out. It's not going to achieve what it's promising for you. These things are so uncertain. They can't be counted on. Rather, he says, put your hope in God who will provide you with everything that you need. In fact, even more than you need for your enjoyment, Paul says. Put your hope in Him because all of these things that you need will be provided if God is in charge. Make your life, rather, Paul says, about doing good, about taking time to help others, and about being generous and willing to share what God has given you. And if you do this, Paul says, then you will prepare yourself for eternity with God and you will take hold of the life that is truly life. Your life will have meaning and purpose and a point to it because you have taken hold of the right life. Some people are grabbing the wrong life. Some people are grabbing onto the false hope. And they've given themselves all their energy, their time, their, their effort, their devotion, the risk, the sacrifices of their life are all for the wrong thing. But the life that is truly life is over here, and it's the life that we have in Jesus Christ. Since the rise of Christianity, and even today, martyrs, those who die because of their faith in Christ, have been a remarkable part of the body of believers. We admire them. We admire their courage. We admire their sacrifice. But we wonder, since we've never been there, we've never done that, why would someone choose to die rather than renounce their faith in Christ? Why would anyone suffer torture at the hands of evil people because of a belief held in their heart? Why would people suffer from a lack of food or water or medical care solely because they are Christians? Why, what, what drives people to place their faith above anything else in life? even above physical life itself? The answer? Hope. Really simple answer, but then again, not so simple. Their hope is in God. And it doesn't matter what happens to them physically, their hope is in God. And it's hope today, hope for eternity. For millions of Christians, the hope in Christ that they had drove them to survive mind-boggling odds and die peacefully under unspeakable circumstances. Their longing to see their Savior on the other side fueled their hearts to endure anything triumphantly and confidently to the very end. What about you? What about me? Where do we live? What will happen when we get to the final breath of our life? Have you ever thought about that? How are you going to die? Don't know. But when you die, how will you die? How will you experience death? When you come to your final breath here on earth, do you want it to be a moment of terror? <laughs> or do you want to be a moment when you face it with hope? The great news is that with Christ, you can face death even death, with hope. The even better news is that you don't have to wait until then to embrace Christ as your hope. Because that hope changes today. Not only eternity, but it changes today. And you can experience this hope right now. And so we want to encourage you today, 
if you never have to place your faith and your trust and your hope in Jesus Christ, the one who alone delivers on all of his promises. And then in this life, you'll be able to echo the words of the psalmist who said, we wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Have you done that? Have you put your hope in Jesus? Do you put your hope in Jesus every day? All other hopes are false, but he alone is our hope. Let's pray. Jesus. Jesus, we put our hope in you. So many other things in this life that are calling out to us as worthy of our hope, worthy of our time and energy. So many other aspects to life that are not truly life. Help us to focus. Help us to think. Help us to live with hope in Christ. Because that hope changes everything. The faith that we put in Jesus changes today and it changes eternity for us. And Father, if there's anyone here today that has never received by faith what you're offering them in Christ, may they do that today. May they do that before they leave this place. May they not delay. May they not put it off. May they not think, well, that's important, but not now. I have too much going on. in our circumstances, in our trials, in the difficulties of this life, we have found an anchor for our souls. His name is Jesus. And we lift up Jesus now. Father, be on our hearts as we go through a time of praise and decision-making. Help us to put our hope in you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've never named Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've never accepted what he's offering you by his grace. We want to give you the opportunity to do that. Um, we're going to be singing a song about our future glory, about heaven. Maybe you're not ready, but you can be ready. You will surrender your life to Christ. And... Uh, I just hope you'll do that. So we sing. Uh, singers will be up here in the band. Why don't you just come up, be seated here uh, while we're singing together. You can come down the side aisles, the center aisle, whatever. And uh, then we can talk after the service today. And you can surrender your life to Christ. Let's stand together. Let's sing. If you have a decision to make, please do that. <laughs>